0: Welcome back to the Gay 15 Risk Roundtable and our first Gay 15 Podcast of 2021. Happy New Year and thanks to everyone who listened and shared with us during 2020. And we're really excited to be back with more in this new year as we move into the new Roaring 20s. Maybe the Roaring 20s, I'm not sure where it's gonna go, but I don't know, we'll see where the 20s has in store for us. I'm Andy and once again, I'm very glad to be joined by a couple really smart people. Jen, Dave, as we start the new year, maybe you wanna reintroduce yourselves to our listeners?
1: Go ahead, Dave.
2: Oh, thanks, Jen. I, I, I'm forgetting the order here. We, we had a little bit of a, a, a slow. It, it's a, it's the first Monday in 2021. And, you know, I just go back to the first Monday of 2020. And it, I think the three of us were together on another type of video pod. They're kicking off our little experiment that's uh, made its way into a, a weekly or a monthly podcast and a series of podcast channels. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm getting off point.
1: Dave which is same as usual yeah. nothing new for this year <laughs> nothing's changed you know we're,
2: we're working off a longer timeline now so I don't have to worry about trying to get everything I can in uh, like a, under a minute or something but I'm Dave Pounder I work uh, risk and uh, risk analysis on both the, the physical security and cybersecurity uh, L- aspects for gate 15 Um I, and I also host the Nerd Out security panel discussion podcast under the Gate15 channel with uh, a bevy of nerdies or nerdites or whatever we want to call ourselves, a very, um, you know, nerdy men and women. So uh, that that's a little bit about me, just as a reminder, in case anybody forgot.
0: I feel like I just forgot everything you said, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. Jen, you guess- want to share?
1: I got stuck on like nerdos or nerdoids or something like that. (laughs) But anyway, um, yes, I'm Jennifer Lynn Walker or Jen Walker's fine. Um, I am director for cybersecurity services for gate 15. So I do a lot of the cybersecurity side of things and support for various partners and the organization itself. And uh, as Dave alluded to, his host of the Nerd Out podcast, I am the host of the Cybersecurity Evangelist podcast um, on the Gate 15 podcast channel.
0: Thank you, guys. And I'm Andy, founder and managing director at Gay 15, which really means I don't do much of anything particularly useful, to be honest. Do you, do you guys remember the, the Robert California speech from The Office? I, I, I don't <laughs> know if you guys were, were fans, but as, as The Office moves from Netflix you know, on to uh, NBC's Peacock, one of these major transitions here, uh, traumatic for us here at, at our home, I'll tell you for sure. Uh, let me reminisce for a second. So it's season eight, episode four, if you're looking for it, and, and, and Robert California, it you know, says, bosses produce nothing. We do nothing. We sit in our offices and demand. I want this and that right now, like petulant children. And he goes on for a minute. It's a pretty fun little speech. I'll post a speech because any reason to quote the office is always worthwhile. But like Dave, I'm getting off track and talking about things that nobody needs to know about. So... Team, we're in January. It's very exciting. We've got some exciting things coming up. Before we get into today's discussion, do you guys want to share a little bit about what's coming up in the Cybersecurity Evangelist and this month's Nerd Out?
1: Uh, Sure. So uh, the cybersecurity evangelist um, is actually was preempted uh, this past month in December due to a personal um, excitement, uh, (laughs) as it were. Um, Unfortunately, well, fortunately, everybody's fine. No, no problems there. Um, But unfortunately, we experienced a bit of a house fire. Um, It was small. It was electrical in nature. Uh, we were actually having our internet upgraded and the installer drilled right through the main service line of the house and caught the house on fire. So fortunately, the structural damage wasn't bad, but the cleanup from the 40 minutes of firefighting until, well, before and after um, the fire department got there uh, has been, uh, was a bit overwhelming. So thank goodness I did contrary to the office don't watch it so i can't really speak to but contrary to the office i do have a great boss although he would never call himself that um that allowed me the uh the leniency uh, to take care of what needed to be take care of taking care of at home so we got the the worst part is behind us but anyway that said uh we'll be Uh, airing the water ISAC um, edition continuing the ISAC edition and we'll be airing the water ISAC segment that I was unable to uh, get going um, and get published last month so that's what that's what we're up to
0: well that'd be really exciting water I think is probably the most overlooked underappreciated critical lifeline and infrastructure so I'm really excited to listen to that this month and you know it comes to personal fires my family had to go through that we had a drier fire about six or seven years ago. And it, it, it is a big deal. So really, it's a good chance to practice your personal preparedness and continuity plan, Jen. So we're glad you had a chance to do that. And looking <laughs> forward to this month's uh, cybersecurity evangelist. The TC is always a good lesson. So thank you. And Dave, you've got the nerd out coming up. What's on your plate? We, we do.
2: I mean, we'll be picking from a variety of topics and undoubtedly we'll be talking about Georgia, the, the election and the information that's been going on around that, the uh, threat to polit- uh, politicians that have been coming up as a result, the election officials that have been getting harassed and vandalized as a result of the November elections, uh, the disinformation that continues to spew uh, at the, I guess it's safe to say it's on video or, or it's, it's on audio from the highest levels of government uh, that continue to be promulgated downward. Um, and and amongst other things, I know we're going to be talking about Nashville here in a minute. But before we went into it, Andy, you mentioned the office, you opened the door. So I mean, <laughs> would you consider yourself more Robert California or uh, Michael Scott? I mean, who you know,
0: or, or are like you? Think if I, if, if, I, if I had to be any of the the bosses here, I think I'd, I'd like to be uh, D'Angelo. I think he was no. certainly the uh, the least competent and maybe um, most <laughs> <laughs> most needy of the bunch. So. Uh, I don't know, I, I, Jen, I I'm almost don't want to talk to you anymore for having not watched the show, to be honest. I, I,
1: I, I can understand that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that, that's another story. I respect story that. Dave, more <laughs> probably, which, which of the bosses would you identify me as? Uh,
2: well, I, I don't know. I could just imagine, though um if we weren't bosses and we're in the same room I can imagine a little bit of a Jim Dwight relationship going on between you and I just through the through the times building up through there and uh (laughs) you know so many good office memories uh, and I'm glad to see like your boys my boys have taken it with them uh, to whole new levels where they know details that I could never uh, in my wildest dreams, imagine. But what a great show, Jen. Highly recommended. And I think we'll talk a little bit about shows in the uh, ending the credits of this part here.
0: So. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, we could, we could probably have a whole separate pod just discussing the office, to be honest. But we'll, we'll say that for another day. So I guess we're supposed to talk about security issues. I'll just say, real quick, with a look to last month, I had a great interview last month. Runa and Brad were awesome. I'm, and I'm really appreciative of their time and the interview we did for December. I'm excited about this month's upcoming. Gay 15 interview. I get a chance to talk with the chairman and CEO, Advanced Intelligence, who's been a really good friend to our Gay 15 team and the broader community of critical infrastructure and security professionals. So that'll be a fun one later this month as well. So a nice slate of podcasts coming up to start off the new year and excited to do that. But first, we've got some things to talk about today. So, man, I mean, 2020 was a pretty crazy year and certainly it ended as busily and crazily as it could. And I think we're starting out with a look at two major events hit last month and I'm going to turn things over to you two smarter people to talk about those. So Dave, I mean, here we are, you know, it's been somewhat of a quiet year and we've talked many times about the absence of, you know, major catastrophic extremist events or terrorism events. And here we are Christmas morning and I'm opening Christmas presents and there's an explosion rocking in Nashville. So you want to take us a little bit about what happened there and what what happened down in Tennessee? What do we know? What don't we know? What in the world's going on?
2: Oh, God. Andy, this is this is one of the the crazier things I think I've read or or gotten into in a in a while. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, where do you want to begin with this? Do so we start with it happened on Christmas uh, that or that he was warning people from a speaker, or that maybe this was near an AT and T building, and then he also had sent some sort of writing. to acquaintances talking about conspiracy theories, most notably not about five G. Uh, which was interestingly enough in, in referencing lizard people. I, I, I'm kind of confused about where to start, but u- ultimately, well, I, I'm concerned about a couple of things, but I'll talk about those in the end. But, you know, as we're all celebrating or or as those who celebrate Christmas on the 25th, um, we're in the midst of their morning routines. I mean, we across, if you're referencing anywhere on the news or, or across social media, you're seeing about Nashville pop up and and early in the mornings, an RV, you know, laden with explosives uh, blew up in downtown Nashville. And if you just look at that, you're like, oh, wow, this is a pretty serious event. Uh, and, and of course, it is a serious event. And I don't, nothing I say after this point is going to um, minimize that part. But as you start reading more into it and you start peeling back some of the details, you hear that you know, he was uh, warning people to back away and evacuate the area uh, for at least 15 minutes. Police were able to get to several of the buildings and evacuate residents or tenants there, uh, which did ultimately uh, save lives, which was a great thing. And those uh, police officers deserve to be recognized for that. Uh, those acts, um, and and then you and then you hear about. Um, a little bit more about it being in otherwise in a uncrowded area of town. And you start wondering about what was happening, what was going through this individual's mind, what was the intended target. Um, And I I referenced the AT&T building because it did blow up in that area and did cause a significant network disruption, I believe across four different states. Um, and, and so, of course, you're gonna start hearing about the conspiracy theories at this point. You know, who did this individual belong to? Where did it, um, what was his motivations? What was his intended target? Um, why did, why ultimately did he do this? And, and, and unfortunately, we don't have a lot of details. I mean, what's came out over the weekend was that the individual sent, um, you know, envelopes or packages to acquaintances. It could be as up to 10 different individuals around the country uh, and give some indication about what might be going on. And, and I referenced it, but I mean, he did talk about conspiracy theories um, about 9-11 and the moon landings and the similarities between those two areas. He, he did talk about uh, an incident that occurred in his life that was very vague in, in descriptions that um, seemed to indicate some sort of alien... Um, involvement. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not snickering, I'm not, um, you know, downplaying any of this, because these are all serious things that happen to individuals. Um, but he also talked about how, you know, there's lizards people. And I, you know, I think think of a TV show years ago, I can't, I think it was V or something, where the individuals disguise themselves as, liz- you know, lizards, aliens, came down to earth and were disguised as humans and lived among us for years and they were ultimately going to come and and take it you know enslave the the the, the, the earth um and, and so all those things happening it, it brings up a lot, of, a lot of questions still. And, and unfortunately, what we're seeing right now and, and what we continue to see in these type of events, in the absence of information, that void is gonna be filled. And you know I'm concerned about regardless of what the truth is, it's gonna be distorted and manipulated, taken out of context. And there's gonna be people who try to emulate or de- deities or make this individual a deity, Um, and use what happened as some sort of inspiration for their own types of plans or attacks. And so I'm concerned about how people are gonna use that. And so that's kind of where I'm kind of an at right now regarding Nashville. It's great nobody was hurt. Um, uh, You know, I I immediately, I'm sorry, (laughs) I I stopped and then I was gonna start again. Uh, uh, But it's great nobody was hurt and, and, and from a domestic terrorism and the international terrorism front, I think we can pretty much rule that out because um, if you're going to carry out these type of attacks, you want to, one, gain press coverage, which of course they did, but you also want to inflict a lot of damage uh, on individuals and and facilities. And and while buildings were damaged and there are several properties that are going to be beyond repair and may have to close, I don't think he was trying to take out small businesses. I mean, and, and, And individually-wise, he warned people to stay away. So I think from that area, we can rule it out. I'm just concerned about what's going to happen next.
0: I appreciate all that, Dave. You had a lot of interesting things there. By the way, great reference to V, which was a fantastic show and and series. I thought you were going to go with the Stack reference and Land of the Law. (laughs) Either way. (laughs) Yeah. good. I did
1: too. I (laughs) so did. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I didn't see that one then.
0: (laughs) Saturday morning serial time for me, but, but a few (laughs) things popped out as you're going through all that, you know, one, I think as, as more information is coming out, um, once again, it goes back to something that you've written about a lot, which is a hostile events attack cycle. And I think we're starting to see more and more of some of that preparedness action and things that he was doing to build up and prepare for this attack that um, I think, you know, in the coming days and weeks, maybe we get more information we will further validate that whole idea of the hostile events attack cycle and that deliberate process that almost every single attacker goes through. That was one thing that stood out to me and, you know, welcome to coming on all of these really, but another one that really stood out to me is, and we talk about a lot at gate 15, which is blended threats. And a lot of times we talk about blended threats, you know, being an attack that comes from one domain having crossover effects into other domains as a cyber attack impacting physical infrastructure. Right, And that's certainly a, a huge and real concern, but this is an interesting one in that you know, the adversary here conducted a physical attack that caused notable network outages across the broad areas you described. And so seeing that you know, physical to cyber impact and how you know, we have to think about these things and those interdependencies and cascading effects when we think about you know, really building resilience, you know, something that really stood out to me, and fortunately was you know, manageable in this situation and you know, being Christmas day and, and in that holiday period, Maybe not as impactful as it might have been you know, during another time of the year, but that was really interesting. And, and to one other point that you raised, you know, the recording and clearing out potential people and alerting, you know, first responders to help them clear out, very interesting, kind of bizarre, but, you know, something that I've seen come up a couple of times is, you know, was his actual target potentially those responders that were coming in on the back end, Yeah, you know, and was the actual target, hey, I don't want to hurt civilians, but maybe, you know, police or fire that may be responding to the incident that would have been potentially, in the impact area, um, as as the explosion went off, so, so some interesting things we still don't really know the details of, but certainly a lot to think about and see where it goes. Any any thoughts on any of those topics from your end, Dave?
2: Well, I mean, the blended threat really is, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it, you know it typically gets overlooked or over. Um, you think about just one side of it, but it really does. I mean, if this was a really coordinate, I mean, I, I'm gonna go to the worst case scenario each time. And I, if this was a really coordinated activity um, by, you know, groups or individuals, um, they, they very well could have used that to target the network and, and then used with the network down, they could address other issues or have a subsequent a, a attack. And I think that's an important element when organizations do their preparedness planning and I, I think a theme for us this year should be this culture of preparedness I, I will coin it 2021 culture of preparedness or something but you know I think when you do your preparedness planning you need to think about those second and third order effects of about a physical attack having you know cyber impacts or you know a uh, cyber attack, having physical security impacts and and all that other stuff. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's a really important consideration. Um, and and a lot of people, there was a lot of significant disruption from it. So yeah, I'm glad you pulled that in.
0: I think so. I'm pretty smart. So
2: <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> from time to time, I'll give you, you can pull one out, you know.
0: Jen, anything you want to add looking at this from, you know, from your perspective? And, and there were, you know, network effect anything that, that stood out to you or any any thoughts you want to share about the nashville incident
1: nothing that dave hasn't already covered
0: okay. quite honestly
1: so yeah not my wheelhouse and yeah there i did consider i know in the beginning the headlines were oh there was the at and you know data center facility there and blah, blah blah you know and all of that and um you know i, I was kind of waiting for the rest of it but um i haven't tracked it as much as I should, because that's what you guys do.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, th- I think there's still a lot more to find out. I think there's a lot more for us to dig into. You know, Dave's point of sort of that, you're know, really looking at this year as a culture of preparedness and building building that up. I think it further underscores, you know, that the challenge and complexities of really building resilience, right? With 2020, we got a big preview of that with coronavirus, just the, the cascading effects of pandemics and and, and disruptions and business continuity. And, and year just continues that. I mean, we ended last year with you know, these notable ones we are gonna talking about today, Nashville, and coming up on our cybersecurity focus, really significant things to think about to really understand those interdependencies and how all of our organizational, you know, uh, nerves and, and ligaments and muscles tie together um, to really make everything work smoothly and properly. And so I think, you know, these, these really provide some insights. I'm excited to see sort of you know, what the investigation discovers and, and more information about this, you know, attack. There's a lot more to glean. Dave, anything else you want to add on Nashville before we move?
2: I mean, we could go off on a whole nother tangent on on misinformation and disinformation, but frankly, I mean that you, we could have uh, an hour long conversation just on that. I, I am gonna be interested in the the um, the results of the investigation. I do caution just everyone that, you know, just because an official report may come out doesn't mean people are gonna believe it. And I think we just need to be prepared for individuals to continue to promote a line of thinking that's consistent with their beliefs and, and regardless of what the facts may be. So.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And there, you, you raised a point, I want to come right back to you, but Jen, you want to add something there?
1: Uh, actually, the, the very first thing, my very first thought when actually, I think my stepdaughter was on social media and she read it because I was just like, oh, checked out, but it was like, my first thought was misinformation, disinformation. It was like, you know, I immediately went to stuff that I knew you would be tracking, um, you know, and, but it was just like, so what do I, you know, so what do I believe, you know, what what's real, but that was, you hit the nail on the head, and that was my first reaction.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, it's a really good point. I mean, as we're recording this today, we've got, you know, significant elections coming up in Georgia this week. We've got uh, the, the presidential inauguration scheduled here for a few weeks out, and we've got um, the president's, you know, recently um, released phone call with, with Georgia's um, Secretary of State, if I recall properly. And just that whole idea of misinformation, disinformation, how almost immediately, as this, as this incident unfolded on Christmas Day, you know, information started coming out on social media and elsewhere about, you know, the target was election machines. And, oh, right. I
2: forgot about the election machines.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, how rapidly disinformation, misinformation can spread and how, you know, for, for some the that want to hold on to some of those beliefs when they come out, um, nothing's going to dissuade those beliefs and suspicions, right? And, and any official report just sort of further uh, emphasizes the fact that there's a deliberate plot to hide uh, the suspected you know, uh, incident, right? The, the destruction of voting records and voting machines. So it is a real challenge and it's com- complex. And one thing I just want to do while we, while, before we move off this topic, one of the communities we work closely with is a community of faith, the faith-based information sharing analysis organization. I just want to commend a couple of heroes that, you know, as I was sort of grudgingly uh, diving into this on Christmas Day, there there are a few champions who really jumped in and were sharing information quickly, trying to figure out what was going on. Was there was there a further threat? And that was great to see that kind of collaboration going on, even you know on a holiday, where uh, folks really want to step up and try to understand you know, what was happening to our community. Is there something that you're concerned about here? Is an attack against faith? What's going on? And uh, and then be able to understand sort of what this is and what this isn't, and then move around appropriately. So an awesome you know example of information sharing and folks that are you know, maintaining vigilance even on some of our most sacred uh, holidays and events. So commendable effort there by all involved. But let me let me pivot. Dave, thank you for introducing that topic for us and having discussion there, but Jen, I wanna come back to you now because uh, this wasn't the only thing going on at the end of last year as we were still transitioning through the pandemic as we continue to, to do so now, as we continue to plot our way through the elections, which we continue to do so now. We had Nashville and we also had the, the notable solar winds breach. And uh, we talked a little bit about that on my day 15 interview Last month, and, and you want to share some insight for that today. You want to go ahead and talk about what that is for us.
1: You probably covered way more than I than I will. Um, it actually happened, and as I was in the throes of uh, fire cleanup, but um, yeah, on the heels about mid-December, on the heels of its own compromise, um, the uh, global cybersecurity firm FireEye uh, had discovered and disclosed um, a very serious compromise on a third party software service provider, uh, as Andy stated, SolarWinds. Um, They found this as part of their own investigation, um, but it turns out to be an extremely sophisticated, um, what they call advanced persistent threat, APT, uh, if you know the the nomenclature, um, attack uh, on a supply chain entity, which makes it more of a systemic. A uh, threat and risk uh, to so many organizations. Uh, SolarWinds, the, it was the, their Orion product. Um, I used SolarWinds back in the early days of my uh, technology career, implemented it at the county that I worked at. So I'm familiar with it, not in many years. I haven't been there in many, many years, but um, so I was familiar with the product itself. Uh, so it was, it was interesting, you know, from that note. Um, but it just demonstrated that it can happen not just to this product, but other supply chain software entities. Um, what was notable and interesting is that, uh, again, I think I said it was sophisticated and it was, you know, they did use the behavior. You know, we track so many behaviors and indicators of compromise and uh, and whatnot, uh, but there was behavior that was not previously, identified, um, which makes it indeed sophisticated uh, and concerning um, because some of the biggest organizations and tracking organizations and infrastructure protection organizations haven't seen this behavior. Um, It's the sky's not falling um, because sometimes you get those uh, you know, cyber stories that, oh my gosh, and they take over the headlines and, you know, people, some people act like the sky is falling. Um, the sky's not falling, but in this case, uh, the ceiling is, the clouds, the ceiling is pretty low. Um, and it's a very serious um, situation that we'll be looking at. Um, there's still details to be identified, um and uh, the the investigation is ongoing and will likely be for some time. Fortunately, we have partners in CISA, um, as well as some you know, Solar Winds and FireEye and some of the other companies that are um, being as forthcoming as they can. Um, instead of, you know, holding all the details close to the, close to the vest. So I'm sure there's details that are being held close to the vest for obvious reasons, but um, there's a lot of information out there and organizations are encouraged. If you are an organization impacted by Solar SolarWinds Orion specifically, you need to have looked at this two weeks ago and keep looking, keep keep checking the, the indicators and the behaviors and keep looking for this activity. Um, if you're an organization that uses a similar uh, product, uh, you need to still take those guidelines and those things to look for and seek them, those indicators and behaviors out for your own similar products. So that's kind of what I have for that. As far as details, I'm gonna throw it back to you guys.
0: No, thanks, Jen. Thanks for seeing that up. We won't dive into too many the details. There's been something, you know, almost every day about SolarWinds. If view. If you subscribe to our Gate 15 Sun in the cyber threat section we've had, you know, I would say probably two to five to six to 10 you know, items in there every day, whether it's solar winds update or something related to the investigations as we're trying to wrap our heads around this. Dave, anything you want to add about sort of how you're looking at this or anything notable from the solar winds, you know, compromise that you've you've picked up on?
2: I mean, I, I'm not going to add anything more technical. I mean, but I, I do want to just reinforce what Jen was saying. There is. I mean, these things are gonna happen. I mean, we're gonna have these types of incidents. There are vulnerabilities that exist out there in products and services that have gone overlooked for for one reason or the other. They, they, they may not have been known at the time when they were evaluated or, or assessed, um, but it's gonna happen. And I think the important thing in, in what we saw here was the just the quickness in, in the response by the organizations involved that said, hey, this is what you need to do right now if you follow these instructions you're going to be okay for now this doesn't you know obviously we got to keep working through this but let's not lose lose our mind let's take the appropriate steps and let's let's respond accordingly i mean it's it just I hate to say it, but I mean, these threats are so advanced and they're always looking for the, the, the things that we don't even consider ba- about from se- as security professionals, even though we wanna believe we're doing everything we can. And we, and we are, but uh, these things are gonna happen. And, and just, I was really pleased with the response from the, the federal government, from the organizations involved um, about just giving some clear guidance on what was happening. There, there definitely appeared to be a, a definite collaborative effort going on. So I was happy with that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of coordination, uh, a lot of public information, uh, a lot of sharing from Microsoft and others. I think a couple of things stood out to me, one you know, mid-month last month and one much more recently. Um, right before the gates interview last month, Runa Sandvik, who's one of my guests, shared a tweet that I just retweeted, except so I thought was so good. She she wrote on the 18th of December, uh, in regards to solar winds. I suspect people will soon see FireEye not as the first to be breached, but the ones that uncovered this mess. And I think that just looks, you know, like a smarter and smarter tweet every single day, right? Because really, FireEye, um, you know, initially found that grenade and said, "Hey, we've been compromised here," um, and really just opened up the the reality that. A lot of people have been compromised in a really serious way, and um, just uh, earlier, th- just a couple of days ago, in a in New York Times article, I just shared that link with you guys, by the way, as well. And it, it led in our, our son today, also, and uh, Senator Mark Warner, one of my two senators here in Virginia, who's, who's been a really a leader in the IT and security area um, on a number of topics. You was quoted as saying, "If I had not come forward, I'm not sure we'd be fully we aw- would be fully aware of it to this day in regards to the SolarWinds breach." So. Just as sort of underscoring the complete blind side of this, this whole incident. I mean, really, this was not anybody's radar, nobody was aware. And then Fire came forward and shared this. And that's a really big deal, right? it, it took uh, it was a bold move to do that the way that they did. And it just showed you know the complexity of this attack, at these further understanding. You talked about supply chain risk yet, and I, I made this point last month as well, but I think it's really you know worth restating the supply chain, whether it's the, the, the network issue you're talking about. Or the physical supply chain is a really huge thing to understand and, and we're not very good at it right you are looking at vendors for critical lifelines and supplies when that major event comes i said this in, in the interview last month as well whether it's a catastrophic earthquake or some other major physical incident or a breach and compromise like this th- those can have really devastating effects i'm not really sure most organizations let alone individuals are really prepared for it, understanding you know, what are my options here, how can I remediate this this challenge there's a lot of things to look at there so. a, a big issue, thank you both for sharing anything else we're gonna talk about on solar winds, I know we're not going to do a deep, deep technical dive on that topic today. Again, I point anybody that's interested in learning more to the gate 15 sun, I uh, are sharing a lot there almost daily at this point still but um, anything you guys want to add.
1: No.
2: Oh good here.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you both. I think there's the two main topics we want to get into today, and I appreciate that. But we'll pivot real quickly to a couple other things. So, 2020, we're all sort of done with that, I think. But I'm really eager to see where 2021 takes us. So, let us pivot to our relatively new roulette round. Dave, I feel like we need some exciting music whenever we say that. You know, like da da You know, we all like do jazz hands or something when when music plays. So maybe maybe you can look into that for next month's uh, risk round table. But Anything you guys want to share for our roulette round? Dave, you want to start us off?
2: Yeah. So, I I mean, I kind of touched on this this disinformation stuff that's been going on. And and again, I'm blown away by all the stuff that's come out over the last couple of days regarding the election stuff. And, you know, it, it really seems... Uh, kind of incredulous when you hear some of it, but you, you know it's it's hitting on some level because they keep pumping it out, and, and of course some of it is being bought into. You know, I maybe it's just a question to both you when when you hear individuals who are like who are confronting you with false information or or information that you know to be inaccurate at some degree what's a tip that you guys use to kind of direct them, you know, I mean, because it's very easy to get argumentative, right? I mean, it's it's like, oh my God, you don't really believe that, do you? I mean, you can do that. I I think that maybe only exasperates the situation. I'm interested in what your thoughts would be to, you you know, doing that. I mean, we saw Chris Krebs last month or even up to, the point where he was terminated he was pumping the rumor control the CISA rumor control and you think that's like that's an official government website you know that that says clearly what they've done and there were people who dismissed that i mean where do we go
0: Again, i'll, I'll start if, if you want i mean it's it's a real challenge right and i think in today's sort of you know hyper polarized environment um, it's really hard to encourage anybody to think of anything differently than what they've already decided reality is. And so I think it's really careful in how far we want to push anybody. Um, this came up in a, in a real way for me. I, you know, I, A lot of us have the, uh, I think you talked about this once before on our risk round table, the Nextdoor app in our local community, yeah. right? And so I shared a couple of things there a while back relating to coronavirus and CDC information. And I was really sort of um surprised by the some of the responses and comments sort of you know dismissing the CDC information as you know I don't believe any of this I don't trust any of this you know who po- who, who uh you know, who's really behind this stuff and I kind of just left alone from it and then as the vaccines were starting to you know gain gain uh, more CDC awareness and coverage as we were approving vaccines starting to roll them out the CDC has been putting out information on a pretty regular basis about the vaccines and so i reluctantly Um, posted something else onto next story saying, Hey, I'm not encouraging you to get a vaccine or not. And I'm not telling you to believe the CDC or not just putting this out there for those who might be interested and just shared a couple of links. I thought were helpful for those that are trying to understand more about the vaccines from as far as I can, you know, promote a a reliable source. Right. And uh, even then somebody quickly jumped on it. And I think the term was, you know, Hey, I'm not a test monkey. I'm not going to take any of this stuff. And you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, so I left it alone. Rather than try to redirect that individual, I feel like I've done my part by trying to share, you know, good information, and then it's on each individual to decide what they think is best. That information, I think, in today's environment, it's hard to really be um, too confrontational because you don't know how people are going to react, and you don't want to be more divisive and instigate things further. it's in real life or or on social media, so I thought, hey, I've done my 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 part by putting information out there. And now it's to make their own decision on what to do that information. But it's, it's a real challenge. I mean, how do you point people back to real information or you consider trustworthy information if you don't think they're going to believe it regardless? And is it really worth the effort of potential escalation? And even in some cases, violence. Um, we talk about masking and not masking and things of that nature. So it's, it's a real challenge. Jenna, if you want to add anything you know, from your end.
1: I mean, I, I agree. Um, unfortunately, I have some extended family that uh, I, I, I just roll my eyes. Um yeah, it's it's hard. It's really difficult and challenging to say anything. Actually, have an easier time with people that aren't as close. Um, normally, I'm not afraid to speak my mind, but um, and it's not that I'm afraid. It's just you you just try to impart maybe a, a nugget. Um, but my, you know, I have a part of extended family doesn't want to wear it. Is is of the non-mask wearing uh, persuasion. And, um, you know, whatever, you know, that whole one infringes on my rights and I'm like, well, mm, okay, no short, no shoes, no service. I mean, you know what, you're infringing on my right to wear shoes. So I'm not going to wear shoes anymore. I mean, it just it's, just, it's just to try to, if I can find a little nugget of something so ludicrous and just kind of, you know, throw it out there for consideration, I've managed to stop a couple of people in their tracks on that one. Like, oh, you know, you'll fight for your right to carry a gun and protect yourself from something that's less likely to happen even in this day and age than this, you know, highly communicable virus, but okay, sure. (laughs) And uh, otherwise I kind of, yeah, as far as pointing people, you, you hit the nail on the head, pointing people to those reliable sources. They have that, that confirmation bias already that they're just, they it doesn't conform to that, so they're just not going to going to believe it.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's it's a tough problem. As you, as you were sharing there, you know, you talked about uh, you no know, shirt, no shoes. And of as I was jumping back in my mind to uh, Jess Piccoli and Fast Times Ridgemont High, no shirt, no shoes, no dice, and uh, sort of their you know challenging authority by by going into a, a place to eat with deliberately you know not the way they're supposed to. And I think we see that in today's environment you know, as well. People deliberately entering malls dining facilities, that are places, just to be confrontational. And I think as much as you want to sort of sometimes address those things, I think if we're, for, for, for the average person, the best response is to let professionals handle those situations. There's no need for the average bystander to get involved and confront individual or individuals that are you know, exercising their right to protest, even if it's against the, the stated rules or safety guidelines of an organization. Let the frontline staff and security professionals handle that appropriately. Just to mitigating potential escalation potential violence that, that certainly we've seen that kind of application occur so it's of a challenge whether it's you know friends family or others as we're out and about Dave can we answer your question uh yeah
2: I, I, yeah I think I mean I, I think it's just it's fascinating because you know we're taught um you know in, in going back to like middle school and, and and in high school about when you're writing a paper you, you know, you have to cite your sources and, and, you know, your sources get evaluated. And, and, you know, if you go higher in education to, you know, get, go to college or a bachelor's degree, master's degree, doctoral, you always, I mean, that your, your sources are, are heavily weighted and in, in your paper. Um, and, and as analysts here, I think we all three will appreciate that, you know, when we write our, our documentation, we, we try to cite everything that we make a statement on and, and to provide supporting evidence, provide links or references or notations or whatever. I just find it interesting that even in, in lieu of that, and I guess the, there's the individuals who just question the sources to the point where you, you get into this these arguments where, yeah, it's just a never-ending toilet bowl. So um
0: well, it's you know, that, that, that's the thing of reality, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm, again, I was trying to tread, tread lightly here, because I'm not trying to, um, you know, promote or, or or not promote any political belief or system, but I think the reality of where we are today in our environment, I mean, if you look at the election fraud allegations right now, while there, there might be some things to look at and, and, and maybe revisit, the preponderance of information about election fraud has been demonstrated time and again to be, you know, without foundation, not based on any fact whatsoever, but continued continue to be supported by high ranking individuals in our, in our political system, right? And so that's a real challenge when, when people feel that we can you know, have serious discussion and debates and argument about unsubstantiated information that permeates in other areas of our lives. So when we're talking about election results or the pandemic or security threats, um, people start to feel that they can take a position without having to provide that basis of information, without having to provide those references. And that creates a very difficult environment because we're going to go off of what I believe just because I believe it. We can't ever convince each other of anything. We can't really get to any kind of fact. So um, I'll stop there before I get any further into things. But Jen, you want to wrap up that topic?
1: I, just I, I kind of use the the rule of thumb with like, Again, not that I'm saying anything, but at least from my own like evaluation, the more highly charged and seemingly ridiculous the claim, the more I pull back and I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And just take it with a grain of salt. You know, that that doesn't mean I don't have, you know, little, you know, things here and there. It's like, eh, you know, there's always a possibility of this. But you know what? I'm just going to err on the side of caution. And that's kind of my advice there.
0: It's great advice. And just to bring us back to something a lot of us can understand. It's like it's like talking to Dave and other Cowboys fans and they try to explain how good the Cowboys are. And, you know, it's just not worth the argument sounds to try and convince <laughs> them that they're really just a lousy squad. But you know, you have that debate time and again. Die Hard fans stay loyal to that team. And, you know, it's just not worth arguing anymore. So, you know, Dave, Dave, continue on that path of, of misinformation, disinformation, promote your Dallas Cowboys organization, you know, however you need. I, I can't take responsibility for your actions any longer. You have bad data, Andy, <laughs> or, or no data, maybe. So, all right. Well, continuing on, Jen, anything you want to share for our roulette round?
1: Um, just yeah, the solar winds thing is is important and um, you know uh, very impactful. Um, but don't forget about the other threats, <laughs> the other cyber threats. You know, don't forget about ransomware. Um, no excuse not to be prepared for ransomware um, in 2021. So that those that's what I'm going to leave
0: with. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So some important topics we've touched on, right? Whether we, you know, we, we, we passed a little bit on, on the pandemic and, and we talked about misinformation, disinformation, touched on the election, but it really was with, with the notable events wrapping up the year with, with Nashville, with solar winds, just showing how complex our threat environment is. And you really have to appreciate things from an all hazards perspective, which we try and do here at Gate 15, really like to try and understand those complexities and blended threats and supply chain issues we try and talk and as you get people on again if you're not subscribed to our daily gate 15 sun i encourage folks to do that and just try and get more threat information so you can process that as part of your personal organizational preparedness but as we move on from threats guys it is a new year very exciting new year new opportunities any big goals or anything you're excited to, to do or look at this year dave anything on your on your radar down there
2: i, I have resolved to read more I, I will uh, read more books. I, I used to be a pretty avid reader. Um, I got out of it. I started, you know, like a lot of people started with the stream, the streaming services coming on. And I can watch ad nauseum to any show I want, uh, as much as I want to watch it and as often as I want to watch it. Um, I, I kind of got away from reading some books. So, But over the holidays, I picked up a couple um a, a book on Chinese espionage which was a short uh, it was within my wheelhouse so a short <laughs> one uh but an evaluation of Chinese espionage cases over the last uh several years uh excellent well done analysis uh so I I, I re- really enjoyed that and then I also uh David McCullough, uh, McCullough um a noted historian I also picked up one of his books uh, The American Spirit it's an interesting book because it you know, obviously he's written some great books on John Adams. He did the uh, 1776, which I highly recommend to anybody want to story, study about the Revolutionary War and the early years of the country. Um, it was a great book, but he he did a collection of his speeches that he's given over the course of maybe 15, 20 years. And fast, he's always deep in history and, and I enjoy that that uh, stuff so it doesn't mean I'm not going to watch uh, streaming shows uh, I did pick I did binge out on uh, Queen's Gambit so I, I highly recommend that I'm probably late to that party I'm um, not a huge Netflix person but um, I, I did knock that one out so but I, I do want to read more that's my uh, that's my big one for the season I, I, I picked up another espionage book that I have on tap after this one so
0: well, as a, as a Chinese espionage is certainly a great topic. I could I could rant and rave about that quite a little bit. And Nicole is an awesome author. I've been looking at the John Adams book on my bookshelf right now, and that was a fantastic read. So those are both really good. In in your defense, Dave, and in my defense too, I think we consume a tremendous amount of information every day. I feel like I'm reading in, in many hours a day. And so the, the, day the idea of picking up something else to read, though, I've got a great pile of books piling up, and I've got periodicals that arrive every week. Um, it's a challenge because I'm so fried. Um, so I can appreciate that. But we do have a little lull here between um, Mandalorian seasons and new Star Wars streaming options and Marvel streaming options. So maybe you and I will find some time to get some something else into our system. So commendable goal for the new year, Dave. Very good. And Jenna, you've been really busy with the excitement of the fire and other things. But have you had a chance to make any goals or, or resolutions this year that you want to share?
1: So I've, I've never been much of a reader, so especially for, for pleasure. Um, and yes, with everything that we do professionally and the tracking and the reading and not reading enough even there. Um, That was not one of my resolutions or, or goals. However um, on the professional side um, I am endeavoring to improve uh, an area, a particular area that is kind of near and dear to my heart. It also goes towards an an initiative that we just picked up. So I'm excited about that. Um, I had something else I was going to say, Oh, uh (laughs) Kind of is the the beginnings of our country and and that whole thing. Uh, finally watched Hamilton over the holidays. So in that light,
0: <laughs> finally, I don't. Andy, you haven't watched that yet, have I you? Haven't. I'm I'm, I'm dealing with there. My wife wants to, and and we keep saying we're going to, but it's like four hours of time, which is oh my god, you, a lot of time. It's so.
2: amazing. It's amazing. All
0: right, and it, I, oh.
1: I, and I also watched the um the Benedict Cumberbatch um version of uh, the Grinch. Grinch and we really liked it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. Dave, 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 Dave. But none of that like square Careful. pumpkin thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not doing that. Um, as far as personal, honestly, finish my she shed. <laughs> yeah, That's my goal project. right now.
0: Pack up my yeah, house kind of and talk finish. To us live she... from her she shed right now and we were teasing her about working in the dark here a moment ago. So we look forward to getting that comfortable and finished and then having your uh, the ability to focus as much as you want to in your, in your workspace there. So commendable goals for both of you. I'll tell you, I've been, um, I've been working on a tattoo project for the last five years. And I think I'll finally complete that work here this month. So you can still see some early parts of that project in an anomaly blog post when they had their 2017 Anomaly Detect conference. I, I, I was reading you know, the normal morning collection activities. And I saw my arm in the blog post. I was like, hey, I, I know that arm, that's mine. And so that's got an early version of my tattoo project. But I think you know, one of my Christmas gifts this year was time to hammer out a large chunk of that work. So I think with with one more uh, session to go here in a couple of weeks, I think I'll finally be done with tattoos. So I realized that I'm, I'm, it's been a long road since I was 18 years old and I'm starting to get old. And I think I'm probably done with, with uh, putting decorations on my body, at least for the next little bit. So that's been my big New York activity that and my, my dog barking behind me. So guys, <laughs> thank you. It was, uh, it was a good, g- good topics to cover. And I look forward to hearing more from, uh, from both you and your upcoming podcast. Final, final words before we break, Jen,
1: if anybody's noticed, which I'm sure they have, because I miss her already. Uh, we would like to wish a fond farewell to Jarena and we miss you. Um, so you've left me alone with these two guys and I'm not quite sure what to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's- that's a that's a that's a good a good note, Jen. We appreciate that. That shout out to our colleague there and Dave. Anything you want to add from your end? I I
1: would
2: say no and then add something, but I think this year I'm going to resolve to just say no and be <laughs> is
1: it. just say no, Dave.
0: Just say no. Let, let, let your no be no, Dave, and your yes be us, A good place <laughs> to leave things. So, hey guys, I think that's our January 2021 Risk Roundtable podcast. Thank you very much, and again, looking forward to both nerd out and TCE this month. Looking forward to hearing more about water isaac and very excited to get my interview done with Vitali and sharing that out with the team here soon as well so some exciting things as always you can find us on twitter on linkedin and you can email us directly at podcast at 15global we welcome your feedback ideas and anything you want to throw dave's way to make fun of him or otherwise so we look forward to talking with you sharing with you thank you very much again feel free to subscribe to the sun to get that daily uh threat and risk analysis information to inform your personal and organizational preparedness and until next time Uh, stay free and be reasonably safe. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day.
1: Bye mom in 2021.